that shit never gets old. And another episode of On the D-Lo. Um, that is the cheesy intro music that actually comes with the podcast setup. What do you think of that? Nice. The uh, free music. The, the free can. music. Nothing yeah, like it free music. Sound free. It's I was pretty solid. I was going to buy the Star Wars theme for you because I know you're you're kind of a nerd. I I am a bit of a dork. A bit of a dork. Yeah. But first of all, who who are you? Who do we have on today? <laughs> yeah, Tyler Baldwin with uh, Madison Specs. That is awesome. But before we get into Madison Specs, because that's very important, um, I want to get into who you are as a person, because I think it, it would be in, it's an interesting story to, for people to know where you're at, where you came from, and it's very uh, symbiotic, even in the way that I was brought up. You know, coming from music business to insurance business, and in our lives, I think that we're pretty happy right now where we're at. Yeah, it is strange when today I am now basically sheltering tax for property owners, basically explaining to people, you know, if you own property, you probably shouldn't be paying taxes. And it's pretty <laughs> important. I've, I had a guy today on Facebook hit me up today and just commented on one of my just posts and said, I just talked to my CPA and I owe $36,000. And I'm like, this guy owns like six multifamily properties around the valley. I'm like... You should not be paying taxes. So, so yeah, so I'm in this boring world of taxes and talking numbers. But uh, when I graduated from Arizona State, I finished up school in Italy, mm. left from there to go become a photographer in Fresno, <laughs> then a reporter in Merced, then a main anchor for CBS in Yuma, then quit the industry to do stand-up comedy in L.A. Oh, my God. I got talked into starting up a TV station in Little Rock, Arkansas, and then came to Phoenix, Arizona as a, an anchor and a reporter, and then got pushed into sports and spent... A good fire, you know, about a decade in Arizona. Yeah, so you lived nine lives before you even lived nine decades. I mean, that's crazy. That's wild. All that stuff. And then you're a native of Arizona? Born and raised. Yeah. Uh, born and raised kid on Second Street in Camelback, so basically Central in Camelback. Right. Back when that neighborhood was uh, old. Yeah. <laughs> now it's still, it's, still now it's old, historic. but refurbished old. Now it's historic. Yeah. Back then it was just an old neighborhood. Now everyone's like, oh, I would kill to live there. Historic, cool. Oh yeah, so expensive. So All the cool <laughs> restaurants are down there. Postinos, you know. Oh, it's gore. It is such a cool, trendy area, and it's so funny. When I was having kids, I said uh, we mm -hmm. should move into my old neighborhood. Yeah. How cool would that be? And now, mind you, this is like 2010, right? Downturn of the entire market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Market's in the toilet at this point. You could get. We, we ended up buying a brand new house for like 300 grand, like like huge. And um, when I went to go look at my old neighborhood, I walked in and was like, oh, 1,500 square foot, cute little historic house. Oh, $550,000. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. This makes total sense. I had a friend, uh, he walked in, he wanted to live in that neighborhood. So he walks in, he sees a house where it's just blueprints. Yeah. So he walks in. There's just a kitchen table. Not as nice of a table as this one. This is a Star Wars table. This <laughs> Thank is a nice you. table. But he, he walks in. There's a table with blueprints on how you would tear down three of the four walls and build a bigger house on this lot. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, so what are you guys selling the lot for then? And they're like, oh, half a million dollars. He's like, for the dirt. Oh, just for the dirt. For the dirt. He wow. goes, I've worked in real estate my whole life. 
<laughs> gives this like Karen speech. He's like, I've worked in real estate my whole life. You'll never sell this. Mark my words. You'll never sell this dirt for eat. It sold that day. Yeah. Yeah. That day they somebody bought it. And you're just thinking to yourself, I still got to pay college for two girls. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I, I can't buy dirt for a half a million dollars. I know. My two girls, I tell them all the time, they got to work on their jump shot uh, <laughs> or study a little harder. <laughs> are you so are you still pretty much like heavily into sports? Are you like No. So it is so weird uh, that you you are a sports junkie. You can love sports. Then when in sports is your job and you have to cover it every single day, yeah. it becomes vegetables. That's how I feel about right? music, like, yeah. When you're a kid and your parents are pushing vegetables onto your plate every mm-hmm. day, like, eat these, right. eat these, ve-, you're like, oh, I don't want these vegetables. Then you become an adult and no one's telling you to eat vegetables. And literally last night, the highlight of my meal was uh, green beans with, like, uh, pepper, lemon, and, like, some garlic. You're like, this is the best part of the whole meal. Yeah. When no one is telling you, you're like, vegetables are, I love a little asparagus on the side of this. You're like, it's amazing. Right. But when someone's telling you constantly, you have to do this. So when you're constantly, like, you've got to go down and cover the D-backs today. You've got to go watch this college football game. You've got to go cover this. It just becomes, like, oh, a job. God, I don't want to watch baseball. I don't want to watch another Suns game. And... Luckily, I'm. It's starting to wear back off. You know, I love the Suns. I love football. Love the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this was an incredible season with a phenomenal, phenomenal Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was... came down to the wire. Um, and my fantasy quarterback almost won it. <laughs> almost, almost won it. So, is, but, is there? Yeah, is there? Back into sports. That, no, that's cool. And and based on your history of you know um, talking and chatting with and interviewing athletes, is there is there a, a big difference, or what are the differences between like dealing with an athlete and dealing with an entrepreneur? Oh, that's a that's a solid question. I think um, the benefit of where I'm at now in my career and what I'm doing, there's not a lot, right? So when you're in sports and you're interviewing athletes. They love that you're there. Yeah, ninety percent of the time, with the exception of like if the Diamondbacks are struggling and you walk into that, that clubhouse, <laughs> they look at you like, oh god, like you gotta talk to me about my on base percentage. <laughs> yeah, I know it's bad, right? Like yeah. I know you gotta go walk into the pitcher and right. talk about some ERA that they know is in. If they don't want, like, ah, oh, they don't want you talking. Did like, Randy Johnson ever threaten to beat you up? <laughs> no, but he is. As difficult an interview. Ah. <laughs> uh, he likes certain people. He doesn't like certain people. Yeah. And uh, the uh. reputation precedes him. But I would say the benefit is most of the time when you're there, they understand the value of media. Right. right? When you walk into that room, if you want to be a quarterback who signs a $250 million contract, the the, the market's got to love you. Yeah. And you've got to work with, with those people. If you're a defensive end, which nobody really talks about, but you're you become like the go-to interview. Yeah, you become a big name. Like Calais Campbell was like a huge name for us. Oh, yeah. Goes and signs a huge contract, moves yep. to another city. He becomes like a big name because of how media savvy he is. Also, the fact that the guy's a monster and he can get like tons of sacks. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, have talent. But if you understand how to work with media, you can become like a bigger name, make more money. It works. And then the benefit with working with entrepreneurs with what I do now is I am such a benefit to them in right. the world of cost segregation. Yeah. Like I am. I'm also their hero. So when I show up. Yeah. And I start talking like, you're paying. You just spent like for example, this guy I'll help that hit me up on Facebook. I'm gonna save him thirty six grand. Yeah. That's. 
That's, right? a, that's like, a child. I, I get to watch. Yeah, that's a <laughs> lot of money, right? So so I get to be the hero again. They, I get to walk into a room and people go, oh, my God, thank God you're here. Yeah. No, this is great. Thank it's God. A, it's a, it's a big deal. Thank you for taking this phone call. I really appreciate it. And and w- w- we're definitely going to really deep dive into what it is that you do because um, it's really important for people to know because most people don't know. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're just you're just helping people. You know, even whether it's getting their story out there or whether it's helping them save money, it's kind of you've lived a life of just helping people and being a good dude. Yeah. And that's so that's kind of why it was easy to transition into this world. Yeah. People always say, like, when I left TV, that's all I did. Right. Was look into a camera and speak in a fourth grade right. <laughs> you know, level. That's, yeah, that's yeah. all I was doing for 20 years of my life. And when I left, I was like, what else can I do? Because you can't go become a doctor right. or a lawyer. Right. That, that ship has sailed when yeah. you're in your late 30s and you're trying to figure out what to do. Right. So a lot of people leave TV and they go into like marketing, they go into PR, they go become like the, the local PR guy for some yeah. company. Right. I did not want to do that. That didn't suit me. And it was kind of like, what should I do? And I had a very good friend, uh, Jennifer Kaplan, shout out to Kaplan, who kind of said, hey, you've had a fun job your whole life. Go try sales. Go try a hard job where you have to grind. Right. And And you went to paychecks. And I went to paychecks right off the bat. And I loved that job. I used to to be like, who would think this is a grind? So who goes from being like on TV, interviewing athletes, to all of a sudden going into sales (laughs) for fucking payroll? And they're like, God, I love this. And remember, it's the next day. It's the next day. So the best part is... I would walk into offices to just cold call, right? Like I would just walk into some office and people would like get nervous. I get hard news for a long time. Yeah. So I walk into your building and people are like, oh no, don't tell me like someone just got murdered. <laughs> like don't tell me my next door is dead, right? Is there a fire across the street? Like what, oh my God, what are we, what's the bad news? What are you coming in to tell us? Yeah. Uh, and so it was pretty funny because I was pretty still well known at that point in time and it was pretty funny to transition. But at the end of the day, what I, what you learn in the world of sales is it's just storytelling. Yeah, that's all it is. It's, it, it's the same thing that it and was. listening, listening, and, and then and then explaining what it is in simple terms. Yeah, basically, like hey, like I'm gonna walk you through the details of a football game, or I'm gonna walk you through in hard news the details of a political debate, and just kind of explain it to you. And the same thing with sales. I'm just going to explain how payroll works. Or then I got into medical sales and explained. Uh, Vaginal rejuvenation. Oh, was yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> the company that we are specializing <laughs> in, and then now, this, hey, I'm just going to explain how to shelter taxes if you're a restaurant owner, how to take that building, yep, and depreciate all that taxes early and avoid handing Uncle Sam a big check. No, that's um, what were the what were the main stations that you're on, and and for what time period? So for about 10 years here in town, I was at 3TV. Okay. And then towards the end, that was CBS Channel 5 as well. Yeah. That's the new trend is every market is becoming one TV station. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in Yuma, Arizona, where at that time I worked for CBS, that market, if, if and don't hold me to this, but I, last time I checked, it's NBC, CBS, like WB, like, or whatever that is now. Yeah. Uh, they're all in the same building. It, like literally every single TV station is in that same little we'll just kind of come together. Yeah. When I was at Little Rock, Arkansas, we started the Fox station and we had this 
amazing Fox station. That's now two stations, I think. And so we're seeing in that world of terrestrial yeah. television, it's kind of like it's going away. And congratulations to you. You won an Emmy, which is... I did. Right? That's like the cream of the cream for what you do. It is. It's, and you still have it? There's dust on I, it? Or? Oh, my. I keep it right in front. You walk in my front yeah. door, you're going to see it. I don't hide those things. That's good. Yeah. You I, shouldn't. I, I like to brag. Yeah. Look, I. you know, I. It, it's, it's funny because I... Um, you, well, you just walked in my office where we came in here, and I put up my gold platinum records on, you know, artists that I worked yeah. on. And, it's, I saw, and you immediately walk in, you start looking at it and go, oh, Modest Yahoo. Right. Oh yeah. God, and you see so this cool. stuff. And so, like, your Emmy, I'm sure, just like my records, I, it's a good piece of history and a reminder of where you came from. And then, you know, as we go into these second periods of our lives, you know, when I get, you know, top specialty broker of, you know, 2000 to up to 2023, you know, um, it's really cool. You yeah. know, it's really cool. I, I wish my kids cared, though. Yeah. Well, they do not. They do. don't give a shit. They just, yeah. Yeah. I, I literally, I... It's so funny. My kids will will brag about something. They'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm following this TikToker. He has ten thousand right, subscribers." Yeah. And I go, "Dude, I was blue checked and had twenty thousand <laughs> at my like height in Twitter. Like, come on, I was something. I was on TMZ." Let's let's talk about something that people do care about that own a business and what you're into now. So Madison Speck, right? That's yep. the name of the organization. And now, were you with somebody else? prior to that and then transformed into this? Yeah, so when I first uh, left the medical field in sales and got into cost segregation, we had actually started our own firm and I was working with a firm in Scottsdale and did that for a couple years. Um, had a bit of falling out with the other business partner as it goes when you have two business partners and yeah. it doesn't work, one of them's gotta go. Uh, so I stepped away and then joined with Madison Specs, which is a, a, like the biggest dog in the fight, okay. if you will. So I went from a company that you know was doing like a million dollars in cost segregation sales yeah. to a company that you know did thirty eight million dollars last year. This is a company that just crossed four billion dollars in depreciation. Sheltered. It's it's impressive. So does the government like this company or? Yeah. Here's what's crazy. The government loves this whole thing. Okay. There's and, and on both sides of the aisle, the cost segregation has really exploded since 2017. Uh, when the Trump administration allowed for a, what they call 100% bonus, which is this idea of uh, pulling a ton of the taxes up into the first year. Uh, and he did that you know, for about five years and just ran out in 2022, 2023, we get 80%. Um, but in 2013, Obama did it. It's, it. They understand the value of pushing a real estate market forward yeah. and the economic impact that can have on every level. I mean, when the real estate industry is doing well, bang, you have brokers doing well, insurance, title, right. contractors. Business owners spend more money on business. Yep. Employees, and then, and things. Got, yeah. yeah. And then you've got people who can go buy a kind of beat up apartment complex, know the value in fixing it up yeah. and, you know, increasing the rent a little bit, but allowing a better product in a certain market that maybe didn't have it okay and so now even the renters are like oh my god this is better like you know i have a really nice place to stay yeah in a neighborhood where my kids go to school etc so it's a it works on almost every level so let's let's talk about a niche that i'm very familiar with and that's the hospitality industry how can this help a bar restaurant you know owner to basically i don't know save money buy property create you know, their empire yeah, so the benefit of really 
if you really want to like capitalize on this thing, the benefit is growing the portfolio. Don't think of it as like a one and done type thing. You want to think like, hey, this is where we're starting. This is where this is point A. I'm going to get to point B, and I'm going to use this to get to point B. Okay. So I'm a restaurant tour. I open up a new restaurant. I buy the place rather than lease it. Okay. Okay. So you buy like a two million dollar building. You put your 400k down. You get your building. You fill it up. Uh, first year, you will have probably a lot of write-offs with all the stuff you're buying and expenses, etc. However, if normally you would just take that two million dollar building and you would then depreciate it over four decades. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you take it, take out the land. You have like 1.6 million left. You divide that up over 40 years, and you then take off your depreciation forty or fifty thousand yeah. dollars okay. of depreciation every year. What we would do is we would come in as an engineering firm and look at every aspect within that restaurant. How many doors are there? How many mirrors in the bathroom? Uh, how what's the tile, carpet, vinyl flooring situation look like? Uh, what is the ducts, the HVAC? Uh, we look at every little aspect within the crown molding. Literally, the paint stripes in the parking lot. Wow. We're going to then categorize. Okay. And we put all these things into buckets of five years sometimes seven, 15 years, and then we leave the walls, the roof, et cetera, the big stuff on the 39 year. But the benefit is we're gonna take like say 25% of this building and put it in these faster depreciable schedules. And then we're gonna use that 2017 tax law that says in the year 2022, if you bought it in 2022, we could pull 100% of everything under 20 years into the first year. So you buy a $2 million building, we get you a depreciation of about 500,000. And you put that into the first year, and you get a massive write-up for five hundred thousand. Hopefully, you're doing well because that goes against what you owe. That would go to against what you would owe. So, say you made five hundred thousand dollars that year, yeah, uh, in profit. Now you wash. You wash. You don't interest pay any taxes. Now the now what you do with that money? Right. You have some choices. You can go buy some jet skis. You can go get a table in Old Town or buy more property. <laughs> buy and party it up, but. If you're a smart restaurateur, yeah. you take that check of like 200 grand that you're supposed to hand to the IRS. Yep. You take that 200 grand and you go you can do a couple things. Go buy more marketing, improve your sales at the company you got, yeah. right, at the restaurant you got, or maybe expand. Go buy another restaurant, right. go buy a food truck, go buy something else, and then guess what we'll do? We'll cost seg the next restaurant. And just keep spending it for is and, that is that what McDonald's did? <laughs> so believe it, there's like stories about how Ray Kroc is like I think the biggest landowner yeah. in the world. Like because they own all the land. And I think then they buy the buildings and then they lease the buildings back to the to, themse- to themselves, right? To, or to, to the, the franchisee. The franchisee. But yeah. I think McDonald's will own the building. And if that's what they're doing, that's genius, because then they're cost segging it. Yeah, whenever you hear those stories where they're like Google or Apple or, for example, Amazon. They're like, Amazon paid $13,000 in taxes. Yeah. They made $4 billion. It's like, yeah, man, because they have brick and mortar in every city. And all that brick and mortar, they're cost-segging and sheltering. And, yeah, it doesn't exclude these big companies from doing it. If anything, they're going to utilize that to get even bigger. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it doesn't exclude almost any injury. In fact, uh, the craziest – I was just asked this day, what's the craziest company I've ever cost-segged? And we did the largest medical marijuana facility in the United States. That's not crazy. Right? And so we did this company. I mean, it was crazy in the sense that, like, 
every door we had to go through, we had to like thumbprint <laughs> to like get in and out of every door. Like you couldn't move ten feet without like thumbprinting. Snoop Dogg's face came up. Yeah, like, hey. <laughs> yeah just like you cannot go anywhere without knowing where you are. You had to put on like full like uh, Breaking Bad, you know, oh like my God. with the eyeglass, you know, the full setup. Uh, but the thing is, when you're a medical marijuana facility, yeah. like it's federally. They think you're a drug dealer, right? Right. right. Like federally, yeah. the the like state legal, state it, legal, half, more than half the states it's legal, right? Federally, they're like, man, you selling drugs? Don't the feds want the taxes on that? Uh, like, they, I'm so. They're cool. like, we know you're a drug dealer, but we would like you to pay taxes on all the profits of your drug sales, right? So they still want your money, right? The federal government's like, we would like your money, but they and, want to be able to shut you down anytime. But you're again. also not a business, yeah. So there's not a lot of business write-offs you get because uh. you're tech illegal yeah so there are only a few things you can do and one of them is cost segregation because right. if you bought the building that you've growing all this marijuana in or selling your marijuana if you're you know one of the the illegal dealers to the federal yeah. government you can actually segregate the building you've got and shelter all that taxes and so we save medical marijuana facilities or not even not even medical marijuana med- marijuana facilities yeah a tons of money these guys love us why do you think that because i can tell you in my case like i'm look i'm just a dumb insur- insurance guy i am just all i do is sell insurance so at the end of the day yes i'm an entrepreneur i have a business that i've been running for you know two decades and maybe I heard the word cost segregation, but I never understood what it what it was. Why do you think it's such a quote unquote hidden secret? Because I know I'm not the only one. No, you're not. I, I literally every day. I mean, this week I, I had a guy I talked to who had bought. It's him and his brother. They buy apartment complexes and they bought some in Nevada. I saw they bought two on like the same like week yeah. to get all the real estate data. Right. Right. And I saw that there were these two sales, same owners. And so I call him up. I'm like, hey, who are you utilizing for cost segregation? And he's like, I don't even know. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Right. And, and very, much older, you could tell on the phone, much older guy. And the thing is, when you're that much older, too, you're also thinking, you better be doing cost seg. You don't need write-offs in the year 2039. Yeah. Right. You know, like, right. you, you ain't going to be around. Like, let's get this write-off now. And I literally had to explain it to him. And and it is funny because the first time you explain it to somebody and you're like, yeah, man, that $4 million apartment complex you just got, I'm going to get you a million dollar write-off. They look at you like, yeah, and then I go to prison. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. This isn't, like, you. this can't be real. Yeah. You know, you have to literally talk them off the ledge of like, no, man, this is how it works. Like, this is legitimate tax law this isn't a loophole this is a real thing and so it's it it for years it was something utilized by the big dogs right people buying huge multi-million dollar commercial real estate properties however in 2017 and in 20 I mean in 2013 when they had the 100% bonus it became like a hey let's start let's, let's start doing this uh however that kind of dies off again uh in 2017 it was like we should maybe do this that it's like 2018, we should do this. By, tw- by 2020, everyone is like talking about yeah. it. It's now the thing, it's on every pot. I see Burr Method guys, guys buying $100,000 houses in the Rust Belt. You know, and Burr Method is buy, renovate, refinance, 
rent. Re yeah. You know, like they just keep buying. They they buy a hundred thousand dollar property, refine. They put some stuff in it, refinance it, buy another one, buy another one. But they just really over leverage themselves to get just a ton of property to kind of get passive income coming. And those guys cost like those hundred thousand dollar properties. So now. that's kind of how the ten X guy got to be ten X. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um. It, well, and it's funny because a lot of people don't even know or didn't know about ERC money, and when they did find out about it, they're like, well, what is this scam? Like, what what's going to happen? And now everybody and their mothers collected ERC money. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think it's hopefully sticks around um, the idea of utilizing yeah. cost segregation because even as bonus is starting to sunset now, right? We're going to an eighty percent next year. It's sixty percent okay. into the first year. There, people are still realizing there is a benefit to just doing a cost seg and having. That five-year asset and 15-year assets just being up at the front of your depreciable schedule. So you just kind of get bigger yeah. numbers for the first couple of years. Um, so I think it's really here to stay, especially in certain industries. Uh, people buying apartment complexes, multifamily, they worship it. Well, I, I think you're talking about it now. So I guess my question would be for people listening, if they're sitting here listening to this and they, they kind of get it, you know, because it can still be very confusing, but they're kind of like, well, wait a minute, I do want to buy something. I do want to have, you know, some tax write-offs, this and that. What, what's the best way to get engaged or get involved or do their own research, you know, based on what you're Yeah, step about. one, talk to your CPA. Yeah. You know, just confirm it. You know, sometimes that's just the best. It's just to have a CPA go, yeah, this is actually beneficial to you. Um, you can also call me. I love to talk to people. Yeah, and I'll uh, put all your info in show notes because yeah, it's a very yeah. valuable tool, I think, for yeah, people. Yeah, you can also give me a shout. I love walking people through just the process to let them know, hey, this does work. Because I have people call. I, I actually, I love telling people no. You know, I yeah. love that ability if somebody calls me and goes, hey, man, I got a fourplex. Like, let's cost tag it. I'm going to shelter all this money. And I kind of go, I'm looking at your numbers, like the rent you're making on your fourplex is probably already getting canceled out by the depreciation you're getting anyway. You make too much money to have, because you can actually take that depreciation and put it on your own mm -hmm. W2 yeah. income as well, but he was making too much. And you kind of go, hey, not going to work. Like, this is just, it's just not for you. But the benefit of a lot of people when they're successful, they keep getting, no one buys one property and goes, eh, I'm done. Right. So that guy that I, I remember what was the guy I told no to about four or five years ago, and that guy has since called me up, and he's got like four or five apartment complexes, and now because of ethics and honesty, my friend, <laughs> and that's something that I've lived by. I, I've got people that you know, I told them ten years ago no, and now they're my client. Yeah. You know, it just and T then telling someone no is a guaranteed way to have a client to win down the road, and, yeah. and we're not going anywhere. All yeah. right. Well, let's. I, I want to talk about your your lifestyle and you as a person, so people can. Kind Kind of dig into the you know the little bit of the of the guts of who you are. What what does your day look like? Like what do you like to do? Day uh, a day in life work. Yeah, no, a day in the life of, of just fun. Yeah, just everything. I, kid, like you wake up, you have your coffee, what, you play with your daughters, or take yeah, them to school. Kid, or, kid heavy, yeah. you know. You're gonna run the kids off to school uh, on a work day. Obviously, then the grind begins. Um, what time does it begin? You know, I'm not as I'm not an early morning. <laughs> 4 a.m. Fair guy. enough. I always hear those stories of like. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I'm a psychopath. I, oh, I hear those stories. I see a, a note back here. 4 a.m. Check my phone. Grab coffee. Yeah. Like no. Yeah. Four, four, I I went to Arizona State. So that, when I hear. So four, did I. I when I hear 4 a.m. That's like when you're supposed to go to bed. Right. Right. That's like I I was in college thinking 4 a.m. Time to go to sleep. And I and I and I you know live that bar lifestyle of like. 
bartending, oh, yeah. working fine dining and stuff. So I, you get used to those kind of late hours. And and then you get into TV, and it's also late hours. Yeah. Right? You're on true. TV at like 11 o'clock at night. You're probably on call for, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes you're at a live shots. So you don't even get home till 1 yeah. o'clock. So, and then you, and when you're on TV, you have that adrenaline jump of like when you're covering a fire and you're grabbing interviews, then you come home and it's midnight. You don't just go, Good night. Like you're not gonna go. Right. You're no. you're up, right? You're amped. And so I have never altered that. Now I've gotten better. Obviously, kids will force you into that. Yeah. Right? So I have to start my day. You know, about seven. Okay. In the morning, right? Respectful. Yeah. You know, start the day. Uh, run the kids off to school. Do the work thing. Um, you know, try to mix in a lot of like visiting some clients, phone calls, a couple of webinars. Cool. A lot of smile and dial. I'm trying to add back into my portfolio now that I've switched companies. Kind of started back up. I'm I'm in that grind of bringing more people in the fold. So I'm yeah. doing a lot of smiling and dialing or dialing for dollars. Call out people. Um, that'll wrap up uh, six seven o'clock. Um, you sometimes I gotta, I, I'm running kids to places. I got yeah. volleyball, cheer. Yeah. That's nice. Went to the gym last night. Good. That a, I don't that do a boy. that every day. Look, you're, but I you're went to the gym last night. Your wonderful hair and your beautiful <laughs> eyes. You you can be yeah, as long as these baby blues are still working for me. <laughs> Those <I> are TV <laughs> blues. <laughs> so so I try to get to the gym occasionally. Um, yeah. Usually a late dinner for myself. The okay. kids I'll feed kind of early, but then I'll maybe cook something cool for myself. And then, oh, this is the best. If there's time, a little Fortnite. Little Fortnite, really? Uh, you, do you remember House of Cards? Yeah. It's a show we have to look back on the casting and question it a little bit, but at the time, yeah. Incredible show on Netflix, season two, episode one, huge <laughs> change in the direction. But one of the things I loved was one of the things that the, the protagonist of that show, who shall go unnamed, uh, he one of the things he would do on that show all the time is he would log into Call of Duty. Yeah. Like he would get like that moment he would log in and just get a couple of quick kills and just get that like a just get that rush. That competitive yeah. rush. You know, because you can't at like eleven o'clock at night be like, let's go play some pickup basketball. No. Like let's get let's go let's go, you know, like so you can't let's get the driving range. You know, so you can't do that, but you can log in, hit up the Fortnite and just Drop a couple. It's amazing. Dudes, get a get a quick victory royale, and then turn you're, it off. And you're good, to, and then in. you're good to go. Well, that's that's a, that's terrific. All right, I got a few rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Um, steak dinner or tacos? Steak dinner. Yeah. If if at home. Okay. You know, like I love cooking steak. And in fact, now I'm using the air fryer. Well, air fryer is the best. Air fryer yeah. steak. It's crazy. Yeah. Sear it real quick. Throw it in the air fryer. Oh my God! It's or you can also do the reverse sear, but I love steak. And then a side of either asparagus or like green beans. Like I'm, I'm like into green beans right now. Good, you're yeah. eating your veggies, man. Yeah. Although on the taco side, I do a lot of TikTok recipes. So I just did this TikTok taco recipe where you get the giant cartoony stuffed shells, like yeah. big. Big stuff shows. Now, this TikTok recipe, by the way, has gotten so popular, I had to go to like five grocery stores to get them because the pasta would be full and then this one section of the stuffed shells would all be sold out because oh, everyone is doing this recipe. Yeah. But you cook the shells, then you stuff them with the the meat that you cooked up, the taco meat with like some chilies, et cetera. Okay. You stuff that in, put some cheese in, then you take another shell, wrap it over top. Oh my God. Spray it with some avocado spray, stick it in the air fryer, stick them in the air fryer. Yeah. Air fry and it's got like a crispy- Too much work. Kind of shell. No, it's it's like, I, it's fat and it's so good. It was so, so good. funny. It was worth it. All right, mosquitoes or coyotes? 
as my bigger fear. Yeah. The mosquito. I hate mosquitoes. That's why I live in Arizona. Oh my god! Especially live reporting. I, I, live. Okay, in Stuttgart, Arkansas, it is the. I knew I was going to hit a trigger with you. Oh, I hate mosquitoes. I hate. I will pet a coyote before hanging out with mosquitoes. Like, okay, if you remember Stuttgart, Arkansas, this is the duck hunting. One of the duck hunting capitals world. It's where. Uh, Dick Cheney shot that dude in the Oh, face. Jesus. Right? It's Christ. that it's that place. And the mosquitoes are so heavy. They literally, in Arkansas, they drive these cars down the road, and they spray out poison <laughs> into the air to kill the mosquitoes. This is a thing. It's so, like, on the West Coast, you'd be like, is that going to hurt us? Like, right. I don't care. Doesn't matter. I'll breathe right. in that poison to have less mosquitoes. But you would sit there and you would turn your light on, like the, like these studio lights to get ready for your live shot. Yeah. And you would turn that light on and the mosquitoes <laughs> would just start flying in. And they would be, you'd be like smacking and they'd be like coming to you in five, four, three. And you'd be like, moments ago, a fire occurred just over my shoulder and you talk, talk, talk. And they'd be like, you're clear. You'd be like, God. Okay, well, definitely coyotes on that one. Um, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar or Childish Gambino? Okay, so I love Kendrick Lamar, and I get artistically what he's doing is so significant, but I'm Childish Gambino yeah, all day. That's good. I, it's Lando Calrissian, baby. I love Childish Gambino. I think, you know, Bonfire, campfire, whatever that song. That song is so fun. That's my go-to karaoke song, actually. Oh, jeez, I got to see that. Um, <laughs> Mandalorian or Boba Fett? Mandalorian. Boba Fett was awful. Yeah. Uh, Boba Fett historically is cool. Right. Uh, Boba Fett, the TV show was. Yeah. Mediocre. C minus. Pablo Pascal's fire. Yeah. Um, well, I think you already answered this. Up at six a.m. or um, up until twelve p.m. <laughs> Yeah, if yeah. I can sleep until 12 p.m. They always say, you know, like, uh, do what you love and never work a day in your life. Yeah. And it's like, well, I would love to win the Powerball. Uh, sleep sleep in. Sleep until noon every day. Why can't that be a career choice? Where's my guidance counselor on that? And I think you, were, I think with Fortnite, you answered this. It was either TV in bed or you just lights out when you're ready to go. Uh, in fact, not TV in bed. Uh, although I just watched this new show, like, Extraordinary on uh, – Hulu last night. That's yeah. what I was watching right up until I went to sleep. To show about ev the whole world, everyone has superpowers. Oh yeah, except for one girl. Oh, that's great. So it's it's, in the whole, it's she's the protagonist, and it's like deal. She's awkward, and so I will watch TV. But you know what I'm really bad at, and so are my kids at. We're all trying to stop this because. It, but TikTok up until bed. Yeah, that's we bad. We just TikTok it for Because like, you can't control the feed of what comes in there. I and mean, you see something really shitty, it's like, ah, why do I, why do they have to get in my feed? Oh, my feed's perfect. Oh, really? My feed's perfect. My algorithm has me down. And my kids hate use. It's what's so funny is my kids can't even use my phone to TikTok because they're like, this is just boring. It's politics and it, weird travel tips and no. recipes. Like, my TikTok is down. You're dialed. It's, it gives me exactly what I want. And then I'll sit there and just TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. So I got to stop all that. Yeah. Just go to bed. Yeah. Right. Um, how many cups of coffee a day? Uh, zero. Zero. Never. I'm not a. All now, this energy and no coffee. All this energy, no coffee. I will, um, like, if I have, like, a meeting at a coffee shop, I'll get iced coffee. Yeah. I'm really into iced coffee. Arizona thing, right? Like, right. iced coffee is great. But it was I, invented here. I have a coffee maker at my house that I 
never never use guests okay yeah well, cool i'll, I'll look forward no, somebody told me when i was young that coffee stunts your growth yeah well and i never you're taller than me and i drink a shitload of coffee so it's a lie my family <laughs> six foot and i never drink uh, so i guess it's all fake that's awesome well no this has been fun where can people and i'll put this all in show notes but just to, to talk about it where can people find you i don't know if you do social handles or any of that sort of yeah, stuff yeah so you can hit me up on instagram at, at epic awesome okay uh, you can feel free to text me 602-349-2232 okay. anytime. Uh, you can hit me up on email. Um, personal email is myepictv at gmail. Kind of easy. Uh, work email is uh, tbaldwin at madisonspecs.com. Um and and really, it's Find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Tyler Baldwin. Yeah, I, I got a shitload of people I can introduce you to or whatever. I, I, no pun intended, would like to get a spec sheet of what it is, you know, that yeah. I can just kind of send out to people and be yeah. like, look, you I know, just got one put together. Perfect. All right, yeah. so we'll work on that. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thanks for thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks Enjoyed it. Yeah, it's very yeah. cool. And it's funny how shit happens. Like I, I met you through a mutual friend. You know, we had lunch together. I think one time in two years, three years, or whatever. And then we've just kind of become friends. But you. Had had, you had made mention about what you did on Facebook going, God, a lot of your restaurant owners, and it was a good segue, and yeah. here we are. And you actually cost-segged my place that we got to talk about um, as well. So I can sh- certainly share that personal story once I figure out what the hell's going on, but um, yeah, I'm excited. This, this has been fun and exciting. Not as exciting as wearing underwear and jumping into the water at the open. No, no. That guy. No, what I thought that— 100,000 followers now. I'd throw on underwear and get arrested for the day for a hundred thousand. Yeah, I would. I would too. More to come on him, right? That's oh, cra- and he grew all that hair out for that too. It's great. I love that guy. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. I am sponsored by myself, as I always say. And uh, please subscribe, give it a five star, share the podcast, especially if you find some you know great, useful um, tools and, and and talking points about this. And uh, until next time, peace out.